Episode 63, Third Sunday of Advent, Year B. On this third Sunday of Advent, we light the third candle, the Shepherd Candle. The Candle of Joy. It reminds us of how the shepherds listened to the angels and followed their message and found our Lord and were overcome with joy. O King of all nations, the only joy of every human heart, O keystone of the mighty arch of humanity, come and save the creatures you fashioned from the clay. Faith, Hope and Love, a time of scripture, prayer and reflection. Rejoice in the Lord always, again I say rejoice, indeed the Lord is near. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Grace to you, and peace from God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Gathering together on this third Sunday of Advent, before hearing the Word of God and sharing the Bread of Life, Let us sing praise to Christ, the Alpha and Omega. Kyrie eleison Kyrie eleison Christe eleison Christe eleison Kyrie eleison May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who see how your people faithfully await the feast of the Lord's Nativity, Enable us, we pray, to attain the joys of so great a salvation, and to celebrate them always with solemn worship and glad rejoicing, through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Chapter 61, verses 1 to 2 and 10 to 11. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and release to the prisoners, 
to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord, my soul shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation, he has covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. The Word of the Lord My soul shall exult in my God. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he has looked with favour on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. The Lord has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. My soul shall exult in my God. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians, chapter 5, verses 16 to 24. Brothers and sisters, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise the words of prophets, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good, abstain from every form of evil. May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do this. The Word of the Lord Alleluia! Alleluia, Alleluia. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has sent me to bring good news to the poor. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Chapter 1, verses 6 to 8 and 19 to 28. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. 
Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The Gospel of the Lord Our Advent journey of waiting is nearing its end. One more Sunday, and Christmas will be upon us. In fact, this year, it's upon us immediately on the evening of the fourth Sunday of Advent. There's a tone of increasing expectation and joy in the readings and prayers this weekend. The whole weekend is sometimes called Rejoice Sunday because we're filled with joy at the nearness of the Lord and the salvation he brings. Not just to us, not just to our loved ones and friends, but the offer of salvation for all people. We had John the Baptist proclaiming the coming of the Lord last weekend, and yet here he is again this weekend. What's going on with that? Well, of course, we're now in the church year B, in which we mainly read through the gospel readings of St. Mark. This is the first and oldest existing gospel that we have. It's also the shortest and the most to the point. Because last weekend's reading of Mark was so short on detail about John the Baptist, the compilers of the lectionary seemed to feel it was important to go into more detail about the importance of John the Baptist and his role of preparing the way for the coming of the Messiah. And so they dip into John's Gospel, which is comparatively the newest of the four Gospels by about 30 years, being written in about AD 90. John's Gospel is the one with the most theologically mature message and it goes deeper into the significance of Christ and is quite profound. John the Baptist is an extraordinary figure. His whole reason for being, his whole ministry in life, was to prepare the way for the coming of the kingdom, which will be perfectly personified and completed in Jesus. John the Baptist's whole vocation is a humble one. He is to prepare the people to receive the coming of the Lord and then, just as importantly, to get out of the way when he arrived. He has to decrease so that the Messiah, Christ, can increase. In this Gospel, he makes it abundantly clear, I am not the light, but I came to testify to that light. He's saying that Jesus is the light. He also says, I am not the Messiah, but I have come to prepare the way for the Messiah. John does a wonderful job in getting everyone to clear the decks and to prepare the way of the Lord, to straighten the paths, to level the mountains, to fill the valleys, and to make ready the way of the Lord. Then he steps out of the public scene and blends into the background. 
This is actually the role of each of us as followers of Christ and friends and disciples of Christ to prepare a home for Christ in our hearts, in our lives and in our world. To do everything to lay the groundwork for people to be open to receiving Christ with joy and love and then to keep out of the way and not to be any kind of obstacle to what God is trying to achieve in our lives and in the world. We are willing instruments in the hands of our God, happily moving with the guidance of Christ's hand and not resisting or stopping the work that God is trying to create. We're invited to help out and encourage in any way we can to foster the values of the kingdom by our own choices, priorities and actions, and particularly by the way we love one another. There's something ironic here though. John the Baptist himself ends up illustrating in his own life the disciple who is humble and self-forgetting, who rejects temptation to pride so as to match the ways of God. For example, John the Baptist got a bit of a shock when Jesus arrived because John had been preaching the old fire and brimstone model of the Old Testament prophets. He taught that the judgment of God was close at hand. He warned people that God will come in power with a threshing sword and uproot the weeds and sort out the wheat from the chaff and throw the rubbish into the eternal fire. He warned people that Christ would bring down judgment upon the earth, uprooting the stubborn plants. But then, astonishingly, along comes Jesus. Our Lord then announces, in line with our first reading, a time of grace and mercy. This is a season of jubilee, including cancellation of debt, freedom of prisoners, forgiveness of sin, and renewal of life. It's not that John the Baptist was wrong, and certainly Christ was not in any way wrong. Both perspectives are to be found in the Old Testament. Both are valid. And on closer inspection, both of these messages are found in Jesus' teaching too. But Christ's emphasis and balance is very different. In fact, it's perfect. Poor St. John, it's as if he was preparing everyone to celebrate a funeral. And then at the very last minute, someone rushes up and says, actually, it's not a funeral, it's a wedding feast. That was the dramatic revelation that probably took John the Baptist, and many others, by the way, by surprise. We know he was confused because in the scriptures it says he sends disciples to ask Jesus, Are you the one who is to come? Are we to wait for another? That's Matthew 11. Jesus replies, Look around and tell John what you see. The lame walk, the deaf hear, and blessed is he who takes no offence in me. That's Matthew 11, verses 4 to 6. Jesus is gently inviting John and everyone else, to see that his mission has much to do with end times and judgment and the day of the Lord, but his ministry is also just as much about an invitation, joy, redistribution, justice, grace and mercy. How many of us would be so gracious and humble, like John the Baptist, that right in the middle of us being in full flight of expounding our own favourite hobby horse, we're asked to stop right there and instead announce a message that was dramatically different in focus and emphasis. Almost seemingly contradictory, but not contradictory. 
Would we humbly change tack immediately, swallow our pride and take up the new priorities? Or would we spit the dummy, take our bat and ball and storm off home? And would we stubbornly continue to push our own agenda even well after the horse has bolted? And so John the Baptist is a great example to us. He is the model of a good disciple. Just like John, we're invited to point to Christ, to prepare the way for him, to assist in what God is doing in our lives, cooperate fully with whatever God is doing, even if it means fairly short notice adjustments and changes of our attitudes to match God's vision, and then to stay out of God's road, not to be a barrier, and not to make it about me or my needs or my expectations, but rather submitting to God's ways, God's vision and God's expectations, to be ready to adjust my thinking and match myself to God and not try to match God's ways to mine. It would have been very difficult for John, but he was faithful and loyal and very humble. He was open to the Lord's ways and not merely his own ways. So he was able to adjust his ways to God's vision. It turns out John was quite right. The Messiah was indeed coming to bring God's judgment upon the world. But it was a word of judgment that was actually filled with God's love, mercy and compassion. It was a judgment that called back people to right relationship. He was on the right track, but still had to adjust to the quite different tone and focus of Christ's message. But as John himself implied by his own words, Who am I to question the Christ? He is greater than me. I am not fit to untie the strap of his sandal. How humble is that? It can often be very difficult for us too. We might enter into a situation quite certain that the situation should be this way and not that way, only to find that it is us that have to adjust our focus or become disgruntled. Let us instead be joyful followers in the spirit of John the Baptist, ready and willing to adjust our course according to even the most sudden or unexpected commands of the master strategist, that is, God. We would become a significantly less useful instrument in God's vast resources storehouse if we were not open to swiftly adjusting direction at the instruction of the master craftsman. And we are not truly open to those fine adjustments if we assume that our vision is the perfectly formed touchstone of how everything should be. Rather, we remain open to God's word, the wisdom of the faith community, and the experiences and insights of our brothers and sisters in faith around us. We can so easily want to stretch God's ways and thoughts so that they suit our desires and expectations. We are constantly on our guard against this so that we can decrease in order that Christ will increase. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. 
On the third day he rose again from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray that all people may see the salvation of God. That the Church may continue to proclaim the good news of forgiveness for all who repent. Lord, hear us. That those who live without hope may gain comfort from this season of waiting for the Lord. Lord, hear us, that we may always admit our sin and our need for reconciliation and heed the message of John the Baptist to repent and believe in the good news. Lord, hear us, that all of us here may foster the true Advent spirit in our homes and hearts. Lord, hear us. For all who are sick, and for those who care for them, family, friends, and medical staff, may the Lord touch those who are ill with healing, strength, and peace, and give strength to those who care for them. Lord, hear us. That the faithful departed may enter eternal life especially those for whom we now pray. Lord, hear us. Shepherd God, you feed your flock and gather your lambs. We ask you to listen to our prayers which we make in the name of Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen. Be pleased, O Lord, with our humble prayers and offerings, and since we have no merits to plead our cause, come, we pray, to our rescue with the protection of your mercy. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For he assumed at his first coming the lowliness of human flesh, and so fulfilled the design you formed long ago, and opened for us the way to eternal salvation, that when he comes again in glory and majesty, and all is at last made manifest, we who watch for that day may inherit the great promise in which we now dare to hope. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory, as without end we acclaim, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. At the Saviour's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Jerusalem, arise and stand upon the heights, and behold the joy which comes to you from God. Let us pray. Replenished by the food of spiritual nourishment, we humbly beseech you, O Lord, that through our partaking in this mystery you may teach us to judge wisely the things of earth and to hold firm to the things of heaven. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. Wait for the Lord, whose day is near. Wait for the Lord, be strong, take heart.